Welcome to another episode of the MPL4 Podcast. Y'all know how I do. You know how it is. This is Mr. Edward Scott. How everybody doing? How you doing? Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem, no problem. So I like to dive into it. Let's dive into so, it. Yeah, let's dive into so it. So tell me, what led to you doing 29 years? Wow. Well, well, I think it go back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. I was raised in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. So my environment, all I ever saw was drug dealers, uh, pushers, um, um, man, life of crime, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, that's all I ever saw. That's all I ever saw. Right. So I think I became a part of my environment. Mm-hmm. Um, no excuses. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't have to do what I had to do. Right. But I did mm-hmm. it. I did it because I was surrounded by that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked the nice things. I liked the cars. I liked the jewelry. I liked the women. I liked all the stuff that all the older guys had that I grew up around. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, fast money was the way to get it. Mm-hmm. So um, I connected with a guy that, that taught me the streets. You know, um, he showed me how to sell drugs. And there it was. I began selling drugs. Mm-hmm. So what? What? What was the incident that that actually led you to your prison time? Um, me and another individual had had a situation going on. Um, mm-hmm. It was some some drug, like a drug dealer go went bad, and the other the individual didn't want to you know they didn't want to pay the money, and you know back then coming up you saw a lot of um, uh, uh, scar faces, you saw a lot of uh, bellies, you saw a movie like that, and you know. You betrayed that. That's that's who you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. If someone across you, and you feel like someone across you, you know what I'm saying? It was like, don't mean necessary. You had to do what you had to do because you didn't want to look soft in the street. Mm-hmm. So I felt like he was trying to play me. So not thinking, you know what I'm saying, with the right, you know, with the right thinking of a of a person that really is not like that, but betrayed it to be like that, it caused me to almost take someone's life. Mm-hmm. He survived, but I but the person that got killed was an innocent bystander, which, you know, which kind of, it hurt me. It still, and to the day, it still hurts me. You know what I mean? To know that an innocent, innocent bystander got killed for something so stupid, you know, with some drugs. Did you hit the innocent bystander? Uh, it was three of us in the car. Mm. They didn't really don't know who did it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But they pointed me out because I'm from New York. Uh, I'm down here. They feel like I think I'm slick. You know what I'm saying? You know how people think, oh, them New Yorkers think they slick. So I'm, I was the oldest. So they feel like I led everybody to doing what they was doing. So they called me the mastermind of the whole thing. So your charge happened in North Carolina. Happened in North Carolina. Okay, you so you was coming back and forth. I was coming back and forth since um, nineteen. I started coming down here in nineteen eighty-eight. I caught my charge in nineteen ninety-one. Mm-hmm. Back and forth selling drugs. So how old were you? I was twenty-three when I first entered the Department of Correction. Mm-hmm. So who the person that you? Well, they say you hit. Right. Who? who how? Who was it? A boy? Girl, well, young, old. It was a drive-by, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it was a girl that was walking. Mm. And when the shots took off, she was walking. Ain't nobody really meant to kill nobody. Mm-hmm. We were just trying to scare the person. Mm-hmm. And someone got killed in the process of that. So how did you feel when you found out? When did, when did you know? Who, did y'all hit somebody well, else? Somebody hit the somebody? Next day, the next day I was arrested mm-hmm. because they caught another individual that was involved with it. And that individual told the police that I was the one who set the whole thing up. So with that said, they came to my house the next day. You know the funny thing about the whole thing? The police didn't know who exactly I was. But when they came to the house, you know what they told me how they found out that this that they felt like I was the one? They touched the hood of the car 
and felt the car was still hot. Mm. They said, well, this person here, whoever this person is, must have just got here because this hood is still hot. They created a case over that right there, mm. just by the hood being hot. Mm. So they took me downtown, they questioned me. I said nothing, but the, the other individual that was incarcerated, well, that was locked up in the county jail, I didn't know he was locked up in the county jail at the time. Mm. I found that out like, two days later that he was locked up in the county jail. And they had another individual that they were, that they wanted, which was my uncle who passed away. God bless his soul. He just passed away like last year. Mm-hmm. But they wanted him too. But they didn't get him until like three days later because of the same individual who said that I did the shooting. Mm-hmm. But it was three people shooting. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how that whole thing was created. So how did you feel? What was your feelings when you found out somebody had got killed, an innocent bystander had got killed? I was hurt. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, that day... I found I found out the next day because it was on the news. Mm-hmm. And when they played the news segment, I looked at the news and I was like, wow, look what we have done. Mm-hmm. Knowing that we wasn't really built like that, we was betraying what we saw on TV. Mm-hmm. We felt like we was being disrespected, right? Which was stupid because of what we was going back and forth about. And you know, you are the only one I exactly ever told this story to. I broke the story down in pieces before, mm-hmm. but nobody really know who was the one who died in the case. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I was ashamed. I, I really was ashamed that this innocent bystander got caught up in this situation. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I'm not really like that, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not no killer. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, but I felt like at that time, in the thinking that I, that I was thinking, I felt like, you know, no one going to disrespect me at all. Mm-hmm. Because of stuff I saw on TV, the stuff I saw in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and that's what led me to do what I did. So, do you think it was fair? The life sentence, it was uh, what, class yeah, A, cla- a class C life sentence. Class what? A class C life sentence. Class C. Yeah. So, do you think that was a fair sentence by you, or not necessarily you? Did they ever prove it was you? Or no, nah, they, 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 to the day, to the day, they never took. To the day, I have learned that they never took no, no, um, uh, what you call it, ballistics. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know who did the sh- shooting. They went on what he said. Mm-hmm. They, I really, I feel like I didn't have a fair trial. Mm-hmm. I took a ble- plea bargain because mm-hmm. my life was on the line. They mm-hmm. had charges with capital murder, mm-hmm. so excuse me, my life was on the line at the time. So I took, I had to take a plea bargain. And the only reason I, t- I wasn't gonna fight the case mm-hmm. because I don't think I was the one actually who did the shooting. I was shooting, but I don't think I was the one who actually pulled the trigger towards that girl. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly who I was looking for. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And but but at that same time, I, I don't feel like it was fair. I feel like most, especially black men, um, that's coming into the system now do not get a fair shot. And I'm trying to I'm not trying to make it as a racial thing. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is most of us get um uh, um state attorneys. Right. Right. And when we get these state attorneys, all they want to do is solve the case. Mm-hmm. They I feel like they are down with the people, you know what I'm saying, the judges, the DAs. All of, all of them is down together. And, you know, most of us don't know the law. Mm-hmm. We learn the law when we go inside, but we don't know the law, you know what I'm saying, at all. So I feel like I didn't have a fair trial. And the only reason I did took the plea bargain because my grandparents, who, who had raised me, were so hurt at the time. And I was hurting them more by staying in jail and going back and forth to court. When, when And, and the judge saying, we're going to charge him with capital murder. We're going to take him to the death penalty. We're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not saying that, but that's what they was fighting for. Right. And I could see the pain in my grandparents' eyes, so I took the case. So I mean, so I took the uh, the plea bargain, and I went for um, second-degree murder. I signed a paper for second-degree murder, 
you know, and the crazy thing about the whole thing is I didn't understand what they was giving me. I was 23 years old, been in trouble here and there, never really went to prison before, been in jail a thousand times. But when they when they sentenced me, when I stood up to that judge, and I can remember, and I want to back up a little bit, I can remember what my grandmother said, when you stand up in front of that judge, you look that judge in the eye. Regardless of what he do, regardless of what he say, you look him in the eye and you take what you what, what he give you. Mm. And I looked him in the mm. eye and he said, I sentenced you to the Department of Correction, Department of Correction for your, not, he didn't say natural life, uh, on a Class C life sentence, but the possibility of parole. And I looked at him and he gave me that and I sat back down I signed my papers. And when I went back to the county jail, I started playing cards. I didn't realize what this man had gave me. You know what I mean? So you didn't feel no type of. I didn't, yeah. You didn't like man. I'm be gone for a long time. I, mean, I, I uh, didn't understand it because yeah, I, I I didn't know nothing about the law. I didn't, I really didn't understand what was going on. You so know what I mean? when did you realize that it's gonna five be? Five years later. Five years later, when I knew that I would, and it might sound crazy to some people. Five years later, I realized that oh my god, mm. this is it for me, man. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I can remember old old time came to me right, and he said um. Man, you know what they just gave you? I said, they gave me class C like sentence. He said, man, that means you in prison for the rest of your life, man. But see, at the time when I got my time, time was cut. Right. If you get yeah. 10 years, you get five years, and you do mm -hmm. two years, you out. So I'm thinking with a life sentence, I get 20 year life sentence, I do 10 years, I'm out. But at the same time, I began, my my, my, my main concentration on is was on what I have done, what I what, what I had hurt a family, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and did I think I deserved what what I got? I don't think I deserved that much time to realize that I made a mistake in my life that I should have never made. But that mistake that I made has turned my whole life around. Right, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I hate that someone is gone, but it turned my whole life around, man. It made mm -hmm. me who I am today, mm -hmm. and I wish I could. I wish I could talk to the family. And be like, I am so sorry for what I have done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I am really so sorry for what I have done. And I didn't mean to hurt nobody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Especially no innocent bystander. Mm -hmm. So, so how, how long have you been home now? I've been home three years. Three years. Yeah, okay. going on three years. So you pretty, pretty fresh out. Now, do you feel like, have you ever gotten counseling and any... Yeah, like right that? now I see a therapist. Okay. Yeah, I see a therapist. I think every man who, and every female who's coming out of incarceration, dealing with the trauma of incarceration, should see a therapist. Mm -hmm. So you know how, what I mean? how's it going? It's going great, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, the person that I see, the therapist, the, the 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 therapist that I see gives me the opportunity to really look at myself within, and how to deal with it as I travel. You know what I'm saying? And navigate throughout this world. It, it, it really helps me to be able to sit down and talk to someone and they understand exactly what I'm going through and they give me the medicine. When I mean medicine, I'm not talking about physical medicine, mm -hmm. the medicine mentally and spiritually to be able to deal with everything that's going on out here in this world. Right. And I and I utilize that. You know what I mean? I utilize it and I take it out um, out here into the society, into this community, into this world, and it's helped me to be able to deal with others. Mm -hmm. Cause you know when you're incarcerated, it's hard to deal with other people. You got thousands of people yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. I know you don't. <laughs> yeah, 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 most definitely. So, have you, um, your grandparents are they still living or? No, my grandmother passed away. My grandfather passed away. You know, um, when I talk about my grandmother and grandfather, man, they, they are, they were my rock. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, I had good grandparents. My grandparents, uh, was middle class people. 
I didn't have to do the things I've done. I've done because my environment was doing it. And how I got caught up in, in my environment is my mother. Mm-hmm. My, my mother has done nothing to me to make me do what I did. Mm-hmm. But the neighborhood she lived in, that's all they did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I used to love to go over there, you know what I'm saying, because it was like gold over there in my eyes. I mean, everything was like moving so fast, everybody doing their thing, you know what I'm saying? But when I go to my grandparents' house, it's like, eh, you know, you know how, yeah, I mean, you know how it is when you go. So, so why don't you think you could have... Stay. Don't you think you could have stayed out out of that environment as far as your mother? And nah, because because I love my mother so I love my mother so much. She, mm. My mother was a she was somewhat a street person. Mm, okay. And, and 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 I love my mother so much, and I wanted to be with my mother. You know, so I love to hang around my mother. She was she she, she was strict too to a degree, mm-hmm. but she allowed me to do a lot of things that I think that she should she should have did. But I still love her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But she tried her best to keep me from what the things that she was doing. Mm-hmm. But you know how that go is. I mean, when I'm around her, I just love to be around her because she allowed me to do a lot of stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? But my grandparents was good grandparents. My mother, my, my grandmother was a wonderful lady. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, he was a great man, man. He showed me how to be a man physically. The only thing I was missing was the verbal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important when a young man needs a father or a grandfather to show him something verbally, to tell him something verbally. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, to tell him something verbally. Because without the verbal part, the physical is great, but sometimes people can't catch hold to, to what you're trying to teach them. Mm-hmm. If you're not actually speaking, I'm going to give you a good example. Um, my grandson, uh, he's not really my grandson, but he's like my grandson. It's my wife's uh, grandson, but he's my grandson. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The other day, he was um, real short. The other day, he was um, playing his uh, uh, PlayStation, mm-hmm. and uh, he said this word, a terrible word he said. And I said, Caleb. What you say? He was like, I didn't say nothing. You know what I mean? And I know it. And so when I called him in there, he said, I didn't say nothing. I said, Caleb, I heard you. So you're going to lie right in my face. Mm-hmm. And he was like, but I didn't say nothing. And then his mother got on him, and then he started crying. So once I let him, you know, I, I, I let him embrace that emotion. Mm-hmm. And then when, he, when I called him back in there, I explained to him why I got on him the way I got on him. And I think that's what I was missing. You know what I'm saying? Someone telling me something verbally. You can show somebody something all day, mm-hmm. but that don't mean they're going to catch hold to it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why I try to teach my grandchildren, you know what I'm saying, when they, as they grow up, look, this is why I did what I did. Mm-hmm. If I tell them don't touch that stove because it's hot, this is why I don't touch that stove because it's hot. Right, right. Give them better direction. Right. Uh, like I said, I'm not blaming nobody, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying verbal and physical is good right. when you teach as a child. Mm-hmm. And I think I was missing that. Right. So you mentioned your mother, your grandmother, and your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever know your father? Was he around? I any? think I saw my father two times, man. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He passed away. Um, I think I saw him twice out of my whole adult life. Mm-hmm. And he just passed uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had got out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, um, so that was the first time you seen him when you got out? Second time. Second time? Okay. No, I'm sorry. I saw him the first time. I was 17. Mm-hmm. The second time I saw him, I was getting sentenced. Mm. So... He never tried to get in he, contact with you or talk he, to you. He tried or, here and there. Uh-huh. You know, he tried to be a dad here and there. But you know how it is when you, you know, when you, when you kind of like, you know, stern on how you feel about your father. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't hate him, mm-hmm. but I feel like he, you know, he abandoned me, and I didn't know why he abandoned me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And as I got older, I feel like, you know, um, I don't know what happened between him and my mother. Mm-hmm. So I can't say too much about it's his fault or it's her fault. Right. It was something that they had going on. Mm-hmm. So at the end, before he passed away, 
I told him I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand what happened between you and my mom, mm-hmm. but hey, I love you, man. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, like I think about six months, seven months later, he passed away. Mm-hmm. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. So, do you ever feel like now that you're out, you've been out three years? Uh-huh. Do you ever feel like you're behind? Like every day you get up, you have to grind and go get it to I catch up. I definitely yeah. do. I definitely do. Um, it seemed like. Well, I don't, I'm not going to say that I try to catch up. Mm-hmm. I try to take the middle course every day I get up. And what I mean by that is that I live day by day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to rush nothing. Um, I get up every day faithfully, 4.30 in the morning, like I was in when I was in prison, do my rituals, you know what I mean? Um, pray, you know what I'm saying? Then I hit the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I owe my, uh, me and a partner of mine, uh, William Elmore, we, we own our own landscaping business. Mm-hmm. So um, I get up, I, I do, like I said, I do my rituals, and I head to the, head, head to the shop. Like mm-hmm. We got an office on Mangum Street in Durham, mm-hmm. and I head to my shop, you know what I'm saying? So um, like I take the middle course every day, man. I just, mm-hmm. I just deal day by day. I don't try to rush nothing. Mm-hmm. I, don't try, I don't try to speed nothing up, because I think that when you do that, you'll crash. Mm-hmm. I, I, I notice that a lot of people out here in this world now, even when they drive, they flying, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, where you going? Right. I mean, you just passed me, right? And I'm right here behind you. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at life situations like that. I'm not going to rush because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going nowhere. I mean, I'm, I'm, why should I rush for? It's not taking me nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Take my time. Uh, look at everything for what it is. Build on it. Utilize what I got and keep moving on. Right, right, some good stuff. So you're a co-founder of, is it Wounded Healers? Yeah, co-founder of Wounded Healers, me, uh, William Elmore, um, Tommy Green, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, older guy named um, Tom McQuissett, a guy named Darrell Clayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, look, we are actually the co-founders. And let me tell you a little about Wounded Healers real quick. Um, I can remember being at um, uh, um, Orange Correctional Facility. Mm-hmm. And at Orange Correctional Facility, they have like your fillers. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to your fellas all the time, especially when I got my level two. I know you're familiar with level twos, level threes, and yeah, all that. Right, 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 right. right. So now, I had, explain what yoke fellas is for okay, people who don't know. Okay, yoke fellas is is where a bunch of people with with different backgrounds, different ways of life, spiritual spiritually, come together, right, mm-hmm. and just fellowship, right, right. And then you have people that's coming from the street that have come to the camp, and they take people out on passes, um, take people on um, uh, shopping, mm-hmm. uh, church, mm-hmm. uh, Juma service. Uh, 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 library, you know, just take talking to the youths, mm. just take them different places. And um, I had met a guy named, named Tom McQuissett, and I used to sit down with Tom and just talk about life on life terms, right? Mm. And at the time I was talking to him, my uh, support team had got real large. I had a whole lot of people that you know that was backing me, that was um that was on my side, man. It was helping me with my, my case. What I mean by case is um, help me get my map. You know what I mean? Because I got out on the map. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want me to, I'll explain that later on down the line. Okay. But um, I got out on the map, so they was helping me um, uh, create the uh, paperwork for the map, uh, talking to people, calling people. And one day I, I came to Yofa and I sat down with Tom, and I started to look around at all the guys that was there. And I said, man, Tom, you know what, man? It's a lot of guys in here, man, don't got what I got. He said, what you mean by that? I said, the support system that I got, man, I got a great support system, man. You know what I mean? And um. I want I, I want to be able to help other guys that's coming out of prison, mm-hmm. uh, with their transition, man. Mm-hmm. Let's let's create a program, and that's what it be, that's what Wounded Healers began. You know? And Wounded Healers is um, a program to help individuals who's coming out of incarceration, 
uh, with the right tools, the right resources um, to be able to reacclimate back into society. Mm -hmm. And um, I want that's what I want to do. That's my passion. Even even with our business, community-based landscapers, what we do is we hire uh, guys and females coming out of incarceration, mm -hmm. give them the opportunity um, to have something because it's so hard to get housing. It's so hard to get jobs. You know what I'm saying? And when you got an F behind your, your name, mm -hmm. it's hard for you to get a job. Right, right. So me and um, William Elmore, we created that. We, we created this uh, community-based landscapers to help others because we know how hard it is. Because mm -hmm. he did 25, mm -hmm. I did 30. We talked on them bunks plenty of nights talking about how can we help someone else. Because matter of fact, his, his support group is large. He got his mom, he got his sister, he got his wife, you know what I'm saying? And they're part of my support team. So with that said, we said, you know what, let's help somebody else, man. Right. I also work for another organization called Reintegration Network Support System. It's a youth program. Okay. And we try to help youths that's, you know, that's getting in trouble. Um, what we do is uh, a youth will, will be um, uh, will, a youth who is getting in trouble, the courts will connect them to us, and we will mentor them. And our job is to help them um, with whatever they need to be able to stay straight. You know what I mean? So yeah, and and Swit, I know yeah. you talked. Yeah, about to say Swit. Yeah, so you, you yeah. involved in probably about three or four different yes, things, right? Yes, yes, man. Cause that's my passion. Help, help, yeah, helping out. Yes, yeah, my passion. And that's and with this podcast, is, which has been good for me, meeting a lot of y'all, because yeah. it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. But I'm getting started late, so right, right. I can connect with y'all hey, and get you, get it right into yeah, it. Yeah, but I'm saying you get to start right on time, right. man. Cause I, hey, I got a crew coming to you, man. Right. I got yeah. a crew. I'm talking, I got some yeah. guys, man, that's doing some wonderful things, man. And you doing wonderful things, man. Right. We want to be a part of helping you with your transition because it's right. still a transition. It's still a transition. It's still a transition, always. transition yeah. man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We yeah. want to. We need to help each other because mm -hmm. because just us four can't do it. We need other guys like you mm -hmm. and other guys out there that, that want to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? As as a team, man, we can make a difference. Right. We can't save everybody, mm -hmm. but if we if we could just save that one. Mm -hmm. You know that one. We could just save that one. That one would save somebody else. Right. And they and they keep going on and on and on and on, man. So I thank you for what you're doing too. I right, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Now, do you have? Did you have any kids before you? Yeah, went in? I got five kids, man. And this is the sad part. Before you went in? Before I went in, I had oh, five wow. kids. I mean, I was, I was, uh, but how they said, Papa was a roller stone. Yeah, I was a roller stone. <laughs> so how is how is your relationship with them today? Beautiful. Okay. Um, I have I have two daughters. I have one daughter in Arizona. I have one daughter here in North Carolina. Um, I have another son in Arizona. I have a son in New York. And I had I had another son, which no, I'm gonna say I got a son. He's in Arizona, but he got killed. Yeah, yeah he got killed. He was 25, mm -hmm. a prominent football player. Um, played um, played college for um, let me get it right, uh, Clark University. Okay. Um, was going to the Canadian League. Um, played on the Panthers football field. Practiced on the with the Panthers. Mm -hmm. um, practice team. Yeah, okay. practice team. Yeah, yeah man. Um, Great young man. He loved his family. He loved his family so much that his family was the cause of him getting getting killed. Mm. Right? Um, he went in his house with his cousin uh, in any box. Mm. So, but he went in his house with his cousin. His cousin had some stuff going on, and this is the story I got. Cousin mm. had some stuff going on. His cousin, another guy, was got into it. He started helping his cousin. Somebody came out the back room and shot him in the back mm. and killed him. Um, and um, he was just finna leave the next following week to go to the Canadian League to play. Oh. Wow. Sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah. I got I got 13 grandkids too. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, they go they go hold you up, I guess. Boy, <laughs> hey, just that one I got the house yeah. be holding yeah. me up. Imagine yeah. I had all, I had all of them together. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
So what's what's next for you? You know, just continue on doing what well, you're doing right now. Well, right now we had just got blessed. Right now, man. I, um, before I came here to do the podcast with you, um, we just saw a house. Okay. Um, it's it's a, a group uh, of people. Um, I don't want to say no, you know, I, I don't know how yeah, they you, feel about it. Yeah, you, you got to get in detail. Right. Uh, it's a group of people that's got an organization mm-hmm. that's um, willing to um, support us with a um, transitional house. Okay. It would probably be switch slash CBL house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just saw it. Great house, you know what I'm saying? Um, it gives us the opportunity. Well, it's, a, it's another part of our dream, too, right. to be able to um, give people affordable housing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's coming out of prison. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a beautiful house. We just seen it. Uh, we try to work out the details now, and um, once we work the details out, that'll be our house. Okay. And it's for people who's coming out of incarceration. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's a dream to come true. Um, I sat with William Elmore, Tommy Green, and some more people for so long talking about this dream right here, and it's finally coming true that we're able to help others like we really want to help them, man. You know what I mean? Right. So hopefully, man, everybody, man. Um, Pray that we get this house, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because this is the start of something new. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we we need everybody prayers and also everybody help. Okay. Okay. So where what can you find you on Facebook, Instagram, or Facebook? Um, Edward Scott. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm not really on Instagram, so okay. I'm still trying to learn how to do this okay. stuff. You know okay. what I'm saying? Right. I mean, even though right. it's three years, yeah, right. I'm still trying still to learn this. Yeah, I'm still trying to like yeah. my son, grandson, love TikTok. Right. So he's showing me how to do TikTok. Uh, I'm on TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he's showing me how to do that. So right now, it's, um, you can go to CBL, um, C-O-M-M dot um, base. No, I'm sorry. C-O-M-M dot um, U-N-T-I-Y dot community-based landscapers, right? Um, the CEO in our work. Okay. Um, as in, I'm talking about construction slash landscaping. Okay. Um, you could go to SWIT. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, automatically it pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wounded Healers, you can go to Wounded Healers um, of North Carolina, it pop up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we're doing a lot of stuff in the, in the, in the community. Um, but like I said, we need everybody help. We can't right. do it by ourselves. Right. That's you know right. what I mean? Right. And hey, that's, that's what we're doing, man. Okay, okay. Well, glad to have you. You got a lot of information, and um, you are a success. Amen. You know? And you know what? I'm hoping and praying that. We could be, we could be, we mm-hmm. could be, um, uh, uh, how can I say, it? Uh, we could pass the torch right. to others that's coming behind us mm-hmm. so they could be success because that's what it's about. It's right. about success, man. Right. You know, it's about us helping others that's coming out, man, right. what they say. And, you know, I, I, I'm learning that, oh, I forgot to tell you mm-hmm. that I, I also work at a transitional house, too. Okay. I forgot to tell you about that. Um, Straight Talk Support Group. Okay. I worked there, too. Um, oh, you got your hands full for three man, years. Sometimes I don't man, get no sleep. <laughs> right. I don't get no sleep sometimes. My wife would get mad well, at now, me. Well, now, you got to get that sleep. That's the most important part. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I sometimes I don't get no sleep. Right. But, um. I love doing what I do. Right. This is my passion, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To help others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, because I know how hard it is to get that help. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do. Right, right. Okay. Well, there you have it for the Impel Forward Podcast. If you like what you saw, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Impel Forward Podcast.